Okay, we're learning Dav Yudalid. Starting from the Mishnah, four lines down. And here we're going to be talking about the idea of crushing, grinding up things on Yom Tif. So there's a malacha called Tochen. Tochen is to grind. Obviously that was done in the Mishkan. You know, they took the, all the wheat kernels and they ground it into finer flour. So there's a big machlokas about which malachos are mutter on Yom Tif and which are not. You know, we know the Torah says, Ochel Nefesh, but doesn't necessarily seem to be so clear-cut. Whatever's Ochel Nefesh is mutter. We're going to see later on, just to give you one example, that it's definitely also to trap an animal on Yom Tif. There's no hatter to trap an animal, I'm just saying. What do you mean? You're trapping the animal so you go slaughter. The answer is, is that not everything is mutter. What is and what's not. So it's a whole mess. Different views in the Rishon. One of the views to explain is that anything which could be done before Yontif, and it makes no difference if it's done before Yontif or not, like let's say you, you already want to trap an animal. There's no such thing as a freshly trapped animal. You know, it makes, it makes no difference, right? So then that might define whether or not it could be done on Yontif or not. The reason you can cook on Yontif is to be fresh. That's the whole point, is you're being fresh. And same thing with a lot of other needs that come up, the immediate use is part of the way you prepare it. Right? Things that could be done yesterday or not. That's definitely one perspective. Another perspective is whether it's a type of malacha which is usually done in a large quantity, more than what you're using now, it's done like preparatory to set it, to set it for later. And um, something which is done, malachas which are done on a larger scale, it's not you know, just you and your meal right now, but a larger scale might not be mutter even if you're doing it with the tzarech nafesh. And the more we go along, we'll try to get better definitions of what's mutter and what's not. So there's, here we're learning already, like you, Mishnah throws you into a very complex one. Is tochen, to grind something up, is that mutter on Yantif or is it not? So basically what it seems like, for some reason, tochen is not fully mutter. It seems maybe tochen is done in very large quantities, more than what you need usually for Yantif. So therefore, on a practical level, a person doesn't have a blanket hetter to just do any crush. However, it seems like for spices and for salt, we're going to learn here in the Mishnah, that there's room for greater leniency. It seems like maybe those are types of things which are usually done in smaller amounts. Not as like, you know, preparing the flowers. So this is the issue. Can you crush up spices making, you know, it's how we buy today. Ground spices, that's what we buy. We don't make our spices. But the mission I was talking about, can you grind up spices on Yantif? So if you shot me, oh man, you could, but you have to make a shino. You got to do it differently than you would do it normally. So basically, when it's less effective, the Rabbanon were okay with it. So how do you, how do, you do it in a shino? So you shot me, oh man, you do it with spices, you, st- you, you use a wooden pestle. But when you're dealing with salts, you have to use either earthenware, like a, a pach, or earthenware material, the eats up other, or you could use a mixing spoon, meaning it could be wood, but you're not even using a pestle at all. So basically, the site is that you do, when you're doing, when you're doing with the spices, so it's just a small shino is enough. It's wood, it's a wood pestle instead of using stone. Normally, that would be the best thing, would be stone, and you just do a small change that you use the wood. But when you do salt, you have to make a bigger shino, either using mamish earthenware, which is, um, you know, it's, it's an earthenware flask, which doesn't make it good. You're not doing it on a, on a good surface. Or it's a wooden mix, mixing spoon. You know, you're not even using a pasta at all. So it's a tremendous amount of shinoi when you're doing salt. Why do you need a bigger shinoi when you're crushing salt or when you're crushing spices? We have to see it in the Gemara. There's something more chamor about salt. Basila omrim, no. Tablin When you're doing regular spices, you can crush them however you want. You don't need any shinoi at all. Mother Shalavan just use a regular stone pestle. When you're using salt, when you're crushing up salt, that's when you have to make a shinoi. But even then, it doesn't have to be a tremendous shinoi. Just, a wooden, just using a wooden pestle instead of a stone one suffices. So basically, what's the machalogus v'sham Two accounts. 
the spices need any shina at all. Bishami says a minor one, Basil says nothing at all. And for how big of a deviation do I need for salt? Bishami says a big one, Basil says just a small deviation. Instead of using a stone one, stone pastel, you're going to use a wood pastel. That would be enough of a shinoi. Zokti Kumar, what's going on here? Zukulei Hamamiya, everybody agrees, Melech ben Shinoi, right? That salt has to need Shinoi. Salt is greater of sin, you can't just do regularly. Everybody agree with that. My time. Why is salt of all spices more chamer than anything else? And the Gemara's question is definitely more pronounced in Basil, where Tablin are totally permitted, and salt is totally also. But to a certain, de- to a certain degree, it's in Beishamah as well. We require a bigger Shinoi for salt than for spices. So the Gemara explained, because every single time you cook something, you know you need salt. But not all dishes require spices. So what's the point? The point is, is that why didn't you do this before? Why are you doing this now on Yantif? Why didn't you take care of this before Yantif? And this is, again, always the big theme. Always the question is, is this something that you could have just, just as easily have done before Yantif? So when you're dealing with salt, the Gemara is you totally could have done it before. Because even if you didn't know what you were going to cook, whatever you're going to cook, you need salt. So if every single dish needs salt, so then this taco is such a tiny that you could have done it before Yantif, so the only had to do it on Yantif is a, is a less effective way with the shinoi. But when you're dealing with spices, you don't know. You don't know what spice, you don't know what you're cooking, you don't know yet. I'll figure out my menu on Yantif. Who says that to figure out before? So therefore, there's not a taina that, that the spices should have been done before. And that's why Anyan Basil is going along with the opinion you don't need a shino at all. So that's one svara. And all of the spices lose their flavor. Meaning that they're only potent, like they only have that powerful spice, like what they affect when they're, when they're fresh. But salt doesn't lose its flavor after it's crushed. So basically, salt doesn't lose its flavor after it's being crushed. Then the time is you should have done it before Yantif. But, um, and therefore, if you want to do it on Yantif, you have to do a Shinoi. But spices do lose their flavor after being crushed. The Chacham were Mechaib you to do it before Yantif. Because, hey, what's the big deal? You know, I, 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 the reason I didn't do it before is because I wanted the taste to be stronger. Great. Two different explanations in the distinction salt and spices. So now the Gemara says, my now. What's the practical difference between the two things? They're both talking about whether you should have done it before Yantif. But the first one is saying, you knew that it needed salt versus spices you didn't know. The second explanation is all the other spices would lose some of their flavor, salt would not have lost any of its flavor. So the Gemarian says, the difference is, let's say you knew what your menu was. You knew exactly what you wanted to cook on Yantif, and you knew that it needed, I don't know, pepper. You knew that it needed pepper, and you still didn't do it. So according to the first explanation, if you go to do it on Yantif, you have to do a Shinoi, because the whole vart is whether or not you knew you were going to need it. Hashem, according to the second explanation, you could, you could do it regularly. Because the vart isn't whether you knew you need it. The vart is, in the second explanation, whether it tastes better when it's fresh. So since the vart is if it tastes better when it's fresh, so even if you knew you were going to need that black pepper on, uh, on Yontem, for Lamaisa, there's no time to why you need to do it before, because you want it to taste a little bit better. Says the Gemara Inami, or you could give a different explanation of the difference between them. The Morika, Barika is a type of spice. Um, and this is a type of, it happens to be, it's like salt in the sense that it doesn't lose flavor after it's crushed. So if you didn't know before Yantif that you were going to cook with something that needed marika, so that would be in the Nafkamina. According to the first opinion, I didn't know I was going to need the marika, so then you could crush it in Yantif without the Shinoi. But according to the second explanation, that it depends whether or not it's going to lose its taste, so, so marika doesn't lose its taste. So then it has a din just like salt, that if you do it on Yantif, then you need a Shinoi. So that's the bottom line, that's the idea here. It seems like tochen as a bigger as a bigger malacha in general 
should be stayed away from Anyantif. When you're talking about spices, it seems that in Be'etzim it's okay to do it. The question just is, do you have to make a Shinoi when you're doing an Anyantif? Everybody agrees by salt you need a Shinoi. The Gemara is explaining the idea is that salt knew you were going to need it and it didn't lose, uh, it wouldn't lose its taste. If I have something, other spices, which I don't know if I'm going to need, or they might lose their taste, those are two different reasons given in the Gemara why I'm allowed to do it on Yantif without any Shinoi. There's no, there's no Taina over here. Why didn't you do it before Yantif? Oh, very, very gishmakashai. Tremendous question. So, so, so uh, we know that Rafua is exerted because of toch, right? Because you might crush up the stuff to making the medicine. And because of that, Chazal said, don't do any Rafua, right? So the big shaila is, so how is that impacted by our discussion? So basically what we have to figure out is, is tochen Asr? Is it officer on a Daraisa level or a Darabonim level? And then how does that impact exerted Rafua? That's one of the hardest questions in Gans of Hilchus is whether or not Rafu is also. I'll give you the bottom line practical halacha if you'd like. Okay? We'll see, it's based on the Gemara later. Any Yontif Shini, usually we say Yontif Shini is just as Hummer as Yontif Rishon, there's no differences, you know, Chazal wanted it. But it says, Mouch black and white, Yontif Shini, you're allowed to take any medicine. I mean, if you have a little headache, as so normally you're not supposed to take a pill on, on, on Shabbos. No, you're not bedridden, just a little headache. So you're not supposed to take medicine. But, um, but Yontif Shini, it says it's mutter. Yontif Rishon is a tremendous machlekes a place. And if you really follow the sugya well, you'll see that most of it has to do with the question of how bad is it if Tolkien would have. That's, that's, one big, that's one big thing. And then the bigger question is, is that even if Tolkien would, if, if there is a Hatter Midaraisa to make Tolkien, if there is, and is, but you're going to say here, if you would make medicine, it's not Ochon Nefesh. It goes back into what we learned on Dafyud Beis, that there's Mitoch. So there's a, all, really all of Masechah's Beis, so to answer your question, it's like you got to put together a lot of stuff. It's a very good sugya. All right. Says the Gemara, Amar Vidu Amar Shmuel, Kolon Yidokhin. Everything that is crushed, Yidokhin, Kedarkin, can be done regularly, Afilu Melach, even salt. <laughs> he just flat out disagrees with everything we said. Go crush the salt regularly on Yantav. In fact, the Gemara, Amar Yidokhin, everybody held that salt needs to be crushed with the Shinai. So how could Shmuel say that you do everything regularly? He says, Amar Huda Amar Kaitan. Shmuel's going like another Tana. There's a Tana out there who disagrees with the statements of our Mishnah. Tanya, it says in a price, Amar Rabbi Meir, Meir says, They do not argue about other spices that are crushed, they can be crushed regularly. And when you're crushing other spices, you could even use salt together with them. Meaning like, Agav, the other spices, once you're taking it out, the stone passes regularly to, to do the spices, you could even do the salt. The is only to crush salt all by itself. Bishami says, salt can be crushed um, either with the inside of the earthen flask or using a wooden mixing spoon, let's leave. And only salt, a small amount of salt. Salt that you would use when you're roasting. Remember, halakhically, if you're roasting meat, you have to salt it lightly. If you're cooking meat, you have to salt it heavily. The difference is if the blood's going to go back out and go back in. So if you're cooking, it's in a contained pot with a liquid, you have to get out all the salt before. I'm a little there, not for cooking. Words, you're only allowed to crush small amounts of salt, not large amounts. Come along, you can crush for anything. So the Gemara says, what does that mean? Hold up a sokodaita, could be crushed with anything. Meaning, what does it mean crushed with anything? The assumption is that it means you could use any, any clee to do the crushing. So Frank, the Gemara, is that true? You could use anything. What about if I have a muksa clee? I could still use it to make the crushing? The Gemara thinks the point of Basil's statement is, I could use anything in my house to make the crushing. So the Gemara, certainly you can't use something that's muksa. So it's like the Gemara, el eima lichodavar. That's what it means. You could crush it for anything. Meaning, Bishamai was saying you can only do it in small amounts, enough salt that you would use for roasting. 
It's still saying you can crush it for any reason, meaning even for cooking. Even if you have a huge, large quantity, you're using it for a ton. You're cooking tons of meat. You're a lot of salt, even tons that you're allowed to make tons of salt for all of that on Yantif. So according to this Tana here, Basil is, 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 is arguing about crushing salt, right? Bishami is the one who's saying don't crush salt regularly in such large amounts. And Basil is the one who's being matir, crushing salt in any quantity totally regularly. So according to this Tana, that's the dispute. And we pass in like Basil so therefore, it's totally mutter to cross salt in a regular manner on Yontif. So it's confusing a little bit. Our Tana was saying everybody greets salt in Yishinoi. But Maisa, we discover in Abraisa that there is a Tana out there that the Machlokas is about crushing salt. And actually, Basil is totally lenient. And you can crush salt regularly in any quantity. Says the Gemara, so now practically, what do we do? It's like, are you allowed to crush salt on Yontif or not? It really depends which... Um, which, which opinion you follow in terms of what the Machlokas is about. So, when you go to crush, you should lean the mortar just a little bit onto the side. Don't get a direct blow from the top. Lean it just a little bit on an angle and crush that way. So, where is he coming off of? So, he holds like Shmuel, that we pass on like that you could do regularly, regular anyante. But as a little chumra, he said, why don't you do a tiny shina? Just do a little bit of a shina. You know, in the Mishnah, the Shinuyim we had were a little bit bigger. Use a different type of, you know, instrument. But we're saying, yeah, really, Becker, you could do it regularly. Just do a little bit different. It's like Shinoi uh, sensitivity to the, to the complexity of the issue. Do it on the side as opposed to direct. It says the Gemara of Sheshus, Sheshus once heard the sound of the Bukhna. The Bukhna is the regular stone pestle going on, crushing, pushing salt on Yontif. So, Amber, I love you, basically. That's not coming from my house. Meaning, I, I told my family, don't do it. Don't do it regularly. So if you heard the sound of Mamish, the regular stone pestle crushing the salt, he's saying, that's not coming from me. Um, and again, it seems like basically, it doesn't mean he disagrees with Shmuel, but he said as a Chumrah and his family, they should be more Machra, which is an interesting idea. So the Gemara says, how do we know? Maybe they leaned it on the side, right? We just saw that was enough. So the Gemara says, the Shammadav at Salakal has heard that the sound was very clear, meaning... There's a difference in the way the sound would be if it was hit directly or hit from the side. So he was able to hear, it's amazing, he had a good kalach here. He discerned from the, the, the way the sound was made that it was strong like it was hit from the top. So he knew that no shinoe was made, and that's why he was saying it didn't come from my house. Maybe it was spices, right? How did he know they were crushing salt? Spices were saying, you're allowed to do it regularly. Again, amazing thing. Spices have a different sound. They have much a louder sound when they're pounded. Rav Shesh just heard a, a, a lighter sound, so he knew it was salt and not spices. Okay, amazing stuff, right? So what do we know about Rav Shesh? Rav Shesh was blind. What? Exactly. That's what hit me. And that's my theory. It's sure it's true. Talk to you tomorrow. Says Rav Shesh, you're not allowed to make tisni on yontif. So what's tisni? So basically, it sounds like they used to take uh, wheat kernels and they would split them into different parts. It was like a very tedious job. They would take a kernel and split it into four different parts and then cook it. So it's basically like some sort of like porridge, you know, some sort of like grits or something like that. You know, where they, you crush it off the kernel into a bunch of different parts and then you cook it. So bottom line is, it's a lot of effort to do such a thing because you're taking each wheat kernel and you're crushing it into four parts so before you cook it. So the Gemara says, you're not allowed to do that. And this is an interesting concept. There are certain dishes that are just excessive terichot to make on yantif and we say, don't bother, don't do it. So you're not allowed to make tisni on yantif. And then the Brisa adds, you also can't crush, you can't you crush, crush up using a mortar on yantif. 
So the Gemara is like, whoa, what's going on? Tarti are both things true? There's a steer between your two statements. Meaning, if you say don't make tisni, it implies you could make other dishes. Let's say something like chilka, daisa, which aren't crushed into four parts. They're just, you know, crushed into two, let's say. Am I allowed to make that? It would sound like, yeah. It said don't make tisni. It sounds like the issue is only the terch. But then you tell me that you're not allowed to crush with the mortar, which is saying don't crush with the mortar at all. It's just something which is, um, it's just something which is forbidden because of the tochein issue, and therefore don't don't use it at all, and you can't you can't take it out. So it's not only specific to the tisni to the to the tisni which is crushed into four parts. Even even if the kernels aren't broken into four parts, you can't. So which one is it? What type of dish can I make? And which one not? Is it specific to tisni that I can't, or is the point that I can't take out my mortar and crush? So it doesn't make a difference what. Well, it doesn't make a difference what, um, what type of dish I'm making with it. So the more answer is Hachikamar. Really, it's not specific to Tisni. It's giving the reason. You can't make Tisni. Why? Because you can't crush with the mortar. And now that the Vard is that you can't crush with the mortar, it's not in Achanami. It's not only Tisni. It's other things as well. So according to what the Gemara is saying, the Gemara is saying that Tisni was just an example. The point is that you can't crush up kernels on Yandif. You can't take that out with your mortar and go crush. Something that Tochen uh, forbidden better should have done before Yantif, and therefore even if it's not Tisni, it should have it, other types of things that are less terchal. It's awesome. So then why are you saying Bechlal Tisni? Just say don't crush with a mortar. Why well, give the example of Tisni, which got us all confused? So the Gemara says Itan and Koshim If you would say don't crush with a mortar, Hava Amina Hadimim Machleshes I would say maybe an Eser is only in a big mortar. Now the idea is that the wheat kernels are usually crushed in a big mortar. When you make spices, it's usually crushed in a smaller one. So if you would do wheat one in a smaller one, I would say it's like a shinoi. If you would use a small mortar, it would be okay because it's like a shinoi. Kamashmalon, the rice says, no, 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 no. You can't crush the wheat kernels on Yontif even in a small mortar. So it's saying you can't make tisni. That's the point. You can't make tisni at all. It won't make a difference what type of mortar you use. So again, what do we see from this whole discussion? We see that it's not that clear if Tolkien is Malta or Asr on Yontif. Basically, it seems like it is Asr, and that's why we're saying don't do it. But there's a half a minute if I would have made a small shinoi of using a small mortar instead of a big mortar, it would have been okay, then the price has to tell us not. So now, what's coming out? So we're saying you mamish can't do a crush on, crush, crush on Yontif with the mortar to make the tisni. It's not only the tisni, even things less than that, excessive, even things with less tercha, you're not allowed to use it. So tomorrow, Vatani says in another price, in you can't crush with a large mortar, you could crush with a small mortar. So according to what we're saying, it's also even a small mortar. This price that comes along and Mamma says, it's not unequivocally also. It's also only in a large mortar. Small mortar would be okay. So what's going on? So the Gemara concedes that we're wrong. The Gemara concedes that with a small mortar, it's okay. So we therefore give a different explanation. Again, we have, a, we have to explain. The price that says, don't make tisni, which sounds like specific because of the fact there's a lot of tircha, you crush it into four parts, but you'd be allowed to make other dishes. But then it says, you're not allowed to crush in a mortar, which is mashma that the issue is the token. So even if it's crushed into, into just two parts, it would be a problem. So the Gemara says, and the price says, you can't crush with the mortar on Yantif. In Achanami, he was only talking about a large mortar. Meaning the price is saying two different dinim. You're right, the price is saying two different dinim. You're not allowed to make tisni even in a small mortar. Because the issue with the tisni is the tirch. So the tisni is also no matter what I do. Then if I want to make one that isn't as much tirch, like one that's, let's say, I crush it only into two parts, then it depends. To do it in a machleshes gedola, where I have a tochen issue, I can't do it. But if I make a shino and I do it in a small mortar, I'm allowed to. So what comes out? Tisni is also for sure, no matter what, out's the too much of a tirch. And, 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 and other types of things that I do with the kernels that I just crush into, into two parts, let's say instead of four, so those could be done in Machdesh's Katana, because that's a Shinoi, but not in Machdesh's Gedola. Top of the Ahmed Beis, Rava Amar, another answer. 
Right, really, Rabba's going back. Really, the first bride saw is Asrin crushing grain in any way, even in a small mortar. Like we originally explained. Ah, you have the second bride saw that crushing in a small mortar is okay. Lokasha. Halon Balu depends if you're in Bavel or if in Eretz Yisrael. What in the world is the difference if you're in Bavel or Eretz Yisrael for the laws of using a mortar on Yantam? So the Vardu Rishon Rashi learns about a very interesting thing. People of Bavel were poor. The people of Israel were rich. What difference does that make? The people of Israel had slaves. The people of Bavel did not. So again, what in the world is the difference here? The people, so basically you can't trust the slaves. This is the idea. Don't trust them. So if we say you're allowed to use, you're allowed to use a small mortar to make a Shinoite, they won't listen. They'll make it in a regular big mortar. They'll make the grits in the big mortar. And then they'll come and say, yeah, 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 we use this small mortar. So therefore in Israel, we're much more machmer. And therefore it's also even to use a small mortar. But in Bavel, we don't have slaves. We're poor. We're doing it ourselves. So we're allowed to use the shinoi of a small mortar. So again, all these svaras seem to speak to the fact that it's not that clear. That's what it really sounds like. So now we're saying, is there okay to make a shinoi with a small mortar? So we're saying it depends whether or not you've got some slaves that uh, you can't trust. If you've got slaves you can't trust in Israel, then you can't give a head to do a small mortar because they'll just do it in a big mortar and, we, and they will lie about it. Says the Gemara, Papa Eglimei Marshmur, Papa once came to visit the house of Marshmur. It was Yantav, Isaac Daisa. They brought him Disa. So the Disa is, again, it's a form of grits, but it's not, it's not the, the one that we were talking about that takes a lot of effort. So, oh, he didn't eat it. He assumed that the grain was crushed with Yantav with a mortar, which was Aser, according to his view, was crushed regularly in a, big, in, a, in, a, in a large mortar, and therefore he didn't eat it. So, how did he know what type of mortar was crushed? Right? Maybe it was done with a Shinoi, which is Mutter. So Papa saw that the green was crushed very fine. It was done, obviously, in a big mortar, not a small one. So maybe they made it yesterday. How did he know the cloud was done today? How did he know there was any issue? So the Chazid had a color tzari. Papa saw that it was, um, it was very, very, it was like a, 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 a clear whiteness in it. So it was very clear that it was just freshly peeled and crushed. Evidently, if it's left out, there's a slight discoloration in it. So if it's only when it's right away that it's peeled from the, from the shell, and then it crushed right away that it would be so white, so bright. So he saw that brightness in it, so he knew that it was freshly crushed. Says the Gemara. Now we go back to the first question. Again, are you allowed to make, are you allowed to make the Disa in a small mortar or not? So you buy his Ema, normally, so with the Disa in the small mortar, how do, so Shani Bar Nishmol Dika Pritzusa Da'ade, he saw his slaves were the worst. So in other words, basically, they were not good guys. So there's no way, or there's no way that they, that they would be Shomar Torah Mitzvahs in the proper, proper way. They knew there's a loss, but they're not going to keep every last thing. So if you knew that if there was a question, if they used a small mortar or a big mortar, they for sure just used the big mortar. So the first answer to the Gemara was that he observed that it was very fine, so you knew it was a large mortar. Second answer, the Bible is, he just knew he couldn't trust the slaves. You know, it's just that thing, you can't, you know, even without knowing, the preachers, that's an example, that's found in them, you knew they weren't going to make any shina. So therefore, that's why he knew it was forbidden. Okay. Very good. So I, I actually think that this is one of the cases where learning a Gemara and learning a Halacha is very far away. Like you walk out of this, you just learn the Sugi of you let it, you know, do Tochen and spices on Yontif. That, 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 that was not easy. You know, what do we walk away with? What could I do and what can't I do? All I see is a mess, right? Hey, certainly certain times we have certain apprehensions about a person doing Tochen. We definitely don't want it. We, it could have been done before. It could have been done before. How much? What amounts? How much is Tircho involved? Hey, could the, would the taste be impacted? So many different variables that were floating around. It looked like we came out, halacha, that something like salt, the etzim, could be okay, but there is a preference for making a small shinai. That's what it looked like. And it looked like when it came to making the grits, that we really, um, 
it seems that after, after all is said and done, we want a shinoi to be made. That's for sure. And maybe t- the tircha issue says not to do it at all. If it's, you're making it into quarters, you know, where it's so, where it's so much tircha. That's pretty much what comes out of the Gemara. But how it fits into the rules of the general rules of the Mesafta and what the specifics are, not clear at all from learning this, uh, learning this sugya. So I'll give you a practical example you might want to think about. Um, you know, when you're doing teichin, so there's always a big shayla. comes out about mashing, mashing avocados. A grace of shayla, no for Shabbos. There's tochen and avocado. Some are machmer, some are not. What about an yontif, something like that? You're making avocado. Is there any shayla whatsoever about how to do it? Where else does tochen come up? Um, you got mud, you know, it comes up. Sometimes you want to scrape it off and crush it off. It's dry. There could be tochen. Does that come up? Is there any A lot of interesting questions. Hilchos yontif are very, very hard. These are some of the weirder ones. Now we move to Borer. Borer is Asr on Shabbos. You can't sort. So anyone who knows, right, what's the big rule? How are you allowed to sort on Shabbos? There are three things the Gemara on Shabbos says. If they're all met, you could do it. What are they? If you do it for immediate usage, you use your hands as opposed to a cleat, and you take the good from the bad, then it's not Asr. Why? Because the idea is you're just part of the Maisa Achila. You're not, you're not sorting. Sorting is when you push away the bad or you use the good, or you, you take away the bad or you use a, a cleat, or you do it for later. But if you're just doing immediately, you take what you want from the man you don't want, that's considered a maizachim. So does Bar apply on Yantif? Do you have to worry about all those conditions on Yantif? Or is it just mutter l'tzarech l'chol nefesh? So, achleikis. Habarikin is Yantif, someone who's making a mixture of legumes. So he's got some, I don't know, some gross little uh, pebbles or something that are mixed in, and he's doing Bar. So he separates, he has to separate the food from the bad and eat it. Meaning, you got to follow the same conditions. You have to take the olcha from the psolas, because according to Bishamai, Bar is asr on Yantif. They still owe him no. Take it the regularly. What does regularly mean? The psolas from the ochel. Moreover, you could do it in your lap, a funnel, or even a large plate. They could be used to assist the borer. But you can't use a regular board, a sieve, or different types of sieves because those are usually done when you're doing it in very large quantities. So therefore, there, where Choshesh said, someone's going to say you're not doing it for Yantif, and therefore it shouldn't be done. But as long as you're, you're not doing it with the most regular type of plea that's used, even if you're using a funnel or a large plate, which does assist you to make the borer, according to Basil, such a thing is mutter, again, because it's ochel nefesh. And Basil holds, borer is something which falls into the category, it's mutter for nefesh, that can be done. You can even rinse and then skim off the top. So the bride is going to explain to us what's going on. Basically, you put the mixture in the basket, and then what happens is you put in water, and then basically the thing separates. So imagine you're not extremely dirty. There was like mud mixed with your fruits. So you want to put it in water, soak it in water, and the mud will separate off the fruits. So normally that's boring, you're not supposed to do that. But Gamliel says on Yontif, a person is allowed to do that. It seems that, that even, though, even though for some reason, even Basil didn't necessarily agree to that. Only Rabbi Gamliel was saying you're allowed to do that. I have to understand what's the reservation if Basil holds that Borah is not Osir. So why, why is it only Rabbi Gamliel who's saying you can do this rinsing and then skimming off the top? Not so clear. Okay. Zok the Gemara, Tanya says in the price, Amr Gamliel. When is this all true? Machlokas Rishami is still huge machlokas. To what Rishami says, I have to take the Eichel from Psalis. Basil says you could even take the Psalis from Eichel. Where is there such a machlokas? Where there's more Eichel than Psalis. So what does that mean? So the least effort, the more convenient thing to do is clearly to take the Psalis from the Eichel. There Basil is saying, go for it. It's Yontif, it's fine. Rishami is saying not. Because he holds Borah is Osir. If the case is that there's, there's more Psalis than Eichel, then even Bishila would agree that you have to take the good from the bad. 
They still would agree in that case, you should take the Oichel and leave the Psolas. Why? Not Mitzad, now Borer is awesome. Again, Borer is Motor Ayyantin. So what's the difference? The Vart is, because if there's more Psolas than Oichel, then in that case, it's going to be less effort to move the Oichel from the Psolas than it would be to move the Psolas from the Oichel. So even if in Hilchos Borer, it's okay to take the Psolas from the Ochel, but if there's more Psolas from the Ochel, then it would be late, it would be, you know, take you shorter, less effort would be spent if you would take the Psolas from the, if you would take the Ochel from the Psolas and the Psolas from the Ochel. Therefore, you should do it that way. You should take the Ochel from the Psolas to, because of the fact that it will be less effort. So this is where, you know, all the Yantav is falling together. You got Bor being Mater, but we don't want you doing so much effort, so much Terchel. We've mentioned this a few times in, in Zachel. So therefore, here we're saying if there's more psalos in the ochel, go for the less effort, which would be take the ochel from the psalos. Okay. Frak the Gemara, very, very bizarre question. Psalos mubal ochel, if the case is that there's more psalos in the ochel, me come on to shari, would anybody let you take out the food? Meaning we just said if there's psalos in the ochel, what should you do? Take out the eichel, not the psalos, but take out the eichel. Frak the Gemara, you can't take out the eichel. Why not? What's the problem? We shouldn't learn shout in the Gemara's question is, that the muksa status of the opsoilas, we assume the opsoilas is muksa, must be pebbles or something like that, impurities, should be basically nullify the minority of oichel. And the oichel that's mixed with it should become one big mixture and the whole thing should be muksa. That's the Gemara's question. What a strange question. So if the case is that there's more oichel than opsoilas, then very gishmak, right? It's not, it's not, it's not a problem of, of that the oichel is muksa. But if there's more psalos than oichel, then the whole thing should be moksa. The whole thing should be moksa, there's no tzad that you can take the oichel. So now let me ask you a question now. If the Gemara is assuming the psalos is moksa, let's say it's pebbles, and that's why I'm saying if the oichel is a minority, so the whole thing is moksa. So how do we understand in the other case? If there's more oichel than psalos, fine, so what do I do? I take away, according to Basil, I take away the psalos. But the psalos is moksa. Here we see the Gemara asking the other way, that if the psalos is a majority, then even the minority oichel should be moksa. I can't even move the minority food. And let's say it's the other way. I have more oichel than psalos. What do I do? I take the psalos, but I'm moving moksa. What's going on? And no one ever, you ever hear about that? You ever hear that you can't, can't do and You have to worry about the fact that the psalos is moksa. I'm not out of left field this question. So these are very big problems. Tremendous problems. I have a very hard time understanding this line in the Gemara. But it seems like at face value that's what's going on. The Gemara is assuming the psalos is moksa. So the Gemara is asking that if there's more psalos than ochel, then there's no tzad you could take the ochel. You're saying, I should definitely take the ochel because it's less tercha. <laughs> but it's all moksa. In the amount, the volume of vada, we're talking about a case that the, that the psalos is less in volume. You're correct. But it's still going to be more tercha to take it out. So basically, there are certain types of things like that. You know, even though, even in a case where there's more food than the impurities, so at the end of the day, the food... Is, 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 is not the minority in volume. So since the food is not the minority in volume, it's not moksa. But mitzad, what would be more tericha to take out what? Sometimes just the mitzias of what it is, it doesn't just depend on the volume. It depends on what it is and where it's placed and so on and so forth. So even though in volume there's more food, but the Gemara is saying, which we're talking about, we're distinguishing whether there would be more tericha to take out the ochel from the psalos or the psalos from the ochel. And we're saying go for whatever would be, whatever would be less tericha. But a vada, you're right. The volume has to be more food. If you ever get to a situation where the volume is more psolas, you stand, the whole thing is more. The Gemara is conceding that point. 
Then we had Rabbi Gamliel saying you can rinse off and skim, skim off the bad. So the Gemara says, Tanya says to the Bryce, we explain what they used to do. They bring a whole bucket full of lentils. They would cause the water to float up, meaning they would add water until it rose above the lentils. If you name so, what would happen? The lentils would be on the bottom of the The bad would float up to the top. And then it was so easy, they would just skim off the top from all the bad. So that's what we're going to be saying. You're allowed to do that in Yantif. Frankly, more about Tanya Yibcha. Doesn't it say the opposite? They filled the bucket with water and the food would rise to the top and the bad would sink to the bottom. So which one is it? What's the Metzias? If you're dealing with dirt, dirt is heavy, so it sinks to the bottom. Whereas the first price is talking about straw. Straw floats to the top. So it just depends what, their, what the mixture was. All right. Now we move on to... Yeah, basically sending tircha, unnecessary tircha on Yantiv. So, you can only send a gift. You want to say you want to send a present to a friend. You can only send something which is ready to eat. Only food that's certainly going to be eaten, not going to be left over. Like already, you know, a cut piece of uh, flesh. You want to send a piece of meat to your friend, to your neighbor, you could do that. Cut piece of meat. But it has to be, has to be something which is not going to be um, for, for later, or it can't be something which isn't ready to go. This is Beishama. Basil says no. You could send even what even a live animal. Wines, oil, fine flowers, legumes, anything which could theoretically be used on yontiv is okay. Even if you're not certain, it's not clear for sure that it is. It's not prepared to eat. According to Basil, you're allowed to send it because it theoretically could be used on yontiv. Avalotvu, but not raw grain. Why? Because grain can't be used. We came out regular tochen is aser. So regular grinding is aser. So if I got to send my friend raw grain, what's he going to do with it? If I send them, again, this is where Yontif you know, is hard. This is what it seems like. If I send them a live cow, totally ready to be used on Yontif. Yeah, yes, the shaft, it, salt, it, do a hundred things. But he can make it, he can use it. You're allowed to do all those things on Yontif. But if I send them grain, grain, you can't process on Yontif. You can't do the token. Usually it's done in much larger amounts, whatever it is. Token, you should be stay away from on Yontif. So therefore, to send them the raw grain is something which is not going to be used. And therefore, um, it, should not, it should not be done. You shouldn't send them to a Shimon says even grain could be done. Why? Because he holds that you could cook it and grind it in a small mortar. And therefore, there is a possible way to do it. But the Tanakamal says that's not what's normally done with grain. So if it's not normally done with grain, you can't send grain. That's, that's okay. Anything after Shechita is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, for some reason, shechting an animal and on is considered direct ochel nefeshat mutter. Anything before that, like trapping the animal, we're going to learn is totally awesome. But from shechita and on is permitted. Could it be just like steps removed? Yeah, like yeah. A lot of Rishonim will see. Step. Yes. When we get to the third paragraph, I think Rashi, Rashi might, might, might learn like that. There's a lot of different definitions in the Rishonim about is it about how much you're doing, how close it is to what you're eating, or what could have been done before Yantif. Those are the three possible definitions. Okay, when you're sending the gifts, you shouldn't send the whole party. You know, don't send the whole delegation. Why? Because it's a lot of attention. Everybody's going to think you're going to the market. Rashi says you're going to go sell. So just do send it with one person, not a whole thing. So how many people is it? Asr Tana? is not less than three people. Meaning, what if three people are holding three different types of present? Meaning, each person is only holding one. My, what's the halacha? Teku, we don't know. Shimon Matzvah, two of Shimon allowed you to do grain. Tanya, 
even though it's not ready to go. Reb Shimon Matzah Mitzvah, Kukon Chizim Asphalt Saludis. When you send wheat, you can make some sort of wheat dish. So unless you have a mehemta, barley could be given to an animal. And lentils can be made to make some lentil dish. I'm not so familiar exactly what it is. All right, what else can be sent on Yontif? Until now, we spoke about sending uh, things which could be eaten. So now, what about things which can't be eaten? Can I send regular gifts on Yontif or is it Tircha? Again, the issue here is that at Tircha, you're busy sending gifts out in the street. People are carrying this, that. Not that it's also to carry. It's just the Tircha of bringing a gift is a problem. So what things, what's basically the rule? It depends if it could be used on Yontif. So Mishal and Kalim, you can send the uh, clothes. Whether they're sewn or even not sewn. Even if they have Kalim. Why? even if they're not ready to be used because theoretically you could cover yourself with them. So even if it's not used in the regular clothing type of way, you could still send, you know, non-sewn up clothing. Even if it's Kalayim, we'll have to see how that comes up. The England Sarachmoid, as long as it's for, for theoretically for the holiday. Um, but yeah, you can't send a sandal with spikes because you're not allowed to wear, you're not allowed to have it at all. So therefore it's not, it's not necessary. Luminos are not for an unsewn shoe. There's nothing to do with an unsewn shoe. If you don't or not a white shoe, because you have to be dyed, you're not allowed to die. And so therefore it has no usage whatsoever. And all these things need a craftsman to blacken it. It's not necessary for the Yantam. So whatever could be used can be sent on Yantam. Whatever is not going to be used cannot be sent on Yantam. Again, the basic rule is, even though no malach is being done, if it's unnecessary for the Yantam, then that's just like a tericha that we're not matter. So the Gemara goes through. We said clothing could be sent whether it's, it's, it's sewn, not sewn, even climb. So, Bishlam of Tzfurin, Bishlam of it's sewn up, Chazal Malvish, it's suitable to wear. Shein Tzfurin, if it's not sewn up also, Chazal Tzfurin, it's shy to cover yourself with it. Even if you're not going to wear it regularly, but you can cover yourself, it'd be like a blanket. Climb my Chazal, what am I going to do with Kalayim? You're not allowed to use it as a cover, you're not allowed to wear it, so what, what, why could I send Kalayim? If you're going to say, maybe I could put it under a person, it could be like a cushion, maybe Kalayim is only allowed to put on top, not on bottom. Fatayim, it says in the price, huh? Regarding climbing, the Pasuk says, It shouldn't go upon you. So we say, You could put it under you. You're not allowed to put climb under you. We're concerned that a thick thread will come up and wrap around your flesh, and there will be over on the iser of the thread warming your body. So it's a problem to even sit on top of climb. Maybe you'll put it under another piece of cloth, meaning you'll layer it under something else. He said a, a ruling from the holy community of Jerusalem. What did he say? Even if I have ten different spreads, one on top of the other, and there's climb underneath, mamish on the bottom, there's also to sleep there. So in other words, the gather of the Midrabanan, they ask Midrabanan, even if it's a bottom layer. So what in the world is the point of sending somebody to climb on Yantiv? How are they in the world? Are they going to use it? So the one says, Elabivilon, maybe it's a curtain. So therefore, it's not something that you wear at all. So since it's not something you wear at all, or you even sit on or anything, it's okay. So I'll do Marvel, Amar Ulov, and they Tame. Why is a curtain Tame? So in other words, why is it not just like a wall? A wall is not Makabal Tama. Why is a Vilon, a curtain, something which is Makabal Tama? Because sometimes if somebody's cold, so they'll wrap themselves, they'll warm themselves on the curtain. So what do we see? That 
if you, it, it's, it's normal to go over to a curtain and wrap yourself in it. Like, you're not taking it off the wall, but you go and you wrap yourself. So if you shouldn't be able to use a vilon, which is kalim, because you might wrap yourself in it. So what's the pshat? How are you allowed to send the vilon that is? So the Kumar says, you're right. You're not allowed to elevakashin. We're talking about very stiff material. So therefore, since they don't provide warmth, it's mutter to sit on them. Again, it seems like it's still not, it's still not allowed to, to wear them. But the Rabbonin weren't gozer, that you're not allowed to sit on it, they weren't gozer on the stiff ones. If it's mutter to sit, and a very hard felt from Narish, because you don't get worn from it. And the Gemara says, I'm Rapapa, Radhani Mishu Kalim, and the shoe that's worn under the shoe, where they would attach something under it, it's not a problem. Kalim, this is like basically by the heel. Again, the idea is because it's hard. Chazal would not go there on very hard, stiff materials that they can't be under a person. And that's what the Mishnah meant when it said that you can send Kalim.